Whoop 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 whoop. Bing. Zip the hole. Whoop. Whoop 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 <laughs> I've got to get back to my shop. <laughs> oh man! Oh, that was everybody. Welcome to Eight Bit, everybody. Man, Eight Bit, Eight Bit just kind of sounds like a nonsensical thing now. Try saying it ten times at at warp speed, ludicrous speed. Eight Bit, God. Maybe you should be a beatboxer. This is 8-Bit, episode 56, One End Kisses the Mouth, on Monday, December 9th, 2013, and now, it's not wasted if you enjoy it. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker. That was amazing. <laughs> we'll talk with Oliver. <laughs> All right, yeah, actually, actually, dude, we haven't had him on the podcast ever. Ooh, dude, you might have to fix that. We need to, yeah, we need to grab him. And I know that he still exists because, wow, because a couple of weeks ago, uh, he randomly just um, messaged me on Steam saying, "Hey, Friday night Civ Five," because I happened to be playing Civ Five at the time. I wonder how drunk he was. I have no idea. It's pretty hard to tell through text that is legible. Yeah, that's true. I mean, especially with me. I'm apparently a very functional drunk texter. That's uh, that's a good thing, actually. I'd say that's a good thing. I retain brain function. <laughs> I hope you're retaining them now, because we have some headlines to go through. Not particularly, but we'll see. And headlines to go through quickly, because we also have a lot of other stuff to go through, because there was a particular very large event that happened in the gaming world uh, a couple of days ago. That and we have a Wii View. Yes, yes, that too. Well, that is the event that I was talking about, of course. Oh. Right? <laughs> that, well, that's, of... When was the last time that I had a review? A long time ago. But that's okay, because you've been busy. Yeah, <laughs> to say the least. And we have winter break coming up, so you know, then I will lock you in a room and force you to play lots of video games. Um, you're going to have to give me a list of the ones that I own of which to play beforehand so that I can download them while I'm here at Gustavus and then Fair enough. have it on my desktop when I'm at home. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, headlines. Um, golly, what was I talking about? Right, video games. Video games. So they, when we think of video games, most people think that you know they're for boys, right? Or if you don't actually... Only if they're pimply. <laughs> And and even if you don't actually think that, you know, then you know that that is a stereotype. Um, well, Polygon had a very very good feature this week about the history of the stigma behind uh, you know, behind boys being video gamers uh, and girls not. Uh, and basically, it's because of all of those evil marketing people who looked at took a look at you know who was playing video games at the beginning of the 90s and decided, okay, we're just going to market this for boys from now on. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how it happened. Well, I mean, there have been some video games that have been supposedly attempted to market at, at girls. There's, um, there's, okay, do you know the web, or, I'm not really sure what to call it. it, it it's something called Game Grumps. No, I have not by, heard of it. Okay. It's something that I, I think I've mentioned that I thought that you and I should do at some point in time. Um, uh, the guy who does the chapter, or, sorry, not the chapter, the, um, Channel Eagle Raptor, and his mm-hmm. friend are sent in games for various 
consoles and whatnot, and they play through them, and they they commentate on them, and it's just it's very strange and an all-around good time. And one of the games that they play is Mary Kate and Ashley's. This is Mary Kate and Ashley game, which honestly looks like a ripoff of Mario Party. Oh, so Game Grumps was not the name of a game. No. I got you now. Okay. It's the name of a YouTube show, I'm going to call it. I'm not even sure if it's necessarily its own channel. Um, here, I'll just look it up really quick. Game Grumps. Oh, it is its own channel. Um, but yeah, uh, it's about or Danny and Aaron. Okay, Danny and Aaron grump about video games on consoles. Ross and Dan grump about video games on PC. I swear. Go look if you don't believe me. I'll wait. What are we? Wait. What am I looking for? No, I'm not. I'm not saying that you need to look for anything. I'm reading the description about Game Grumps on their channel on YouTube. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but so there are some marketed ones towards girls, but no major games. Not yeah. by any means. Well, so the well the problem is um, part of the problem is that we don't view games that aren't marketed to boys as legitimate games. You know, like some of the most successful games, actually, well, by definition, pretty much the most successful games uh, have very very wide markets, lots and lots of different people playing them, not just boys. But we don't really consider those to be video games because they're you know they're casual games. They're on Facebook. They're they're not real console games. They're not shooters. They're not adventure games. You know, um, and because that small subset is you know th- are the ones that we consider to be real real games. You know, quote unquote. Um, that's kind of the reason that the stigma is there. Yeah, I suppose. All right. Well, speaking of marketing blunders and stupid things that have recently happened. Riot Games, the guys that make League of Legends, made the wonderfully stupid decision um, to create a pro- or to create a policy um, where it was restricting players from streaming any other games other than League of Legends. Thankfully, Riot uh, came to their senses and reversed this decision, and now they are um, they're allowing it again. But it was it seemed nothing more like a mad grab at um, trying to keep League of Legends, I don't know, sort of towards the top of the chain in, in a really unfair way. Yeah, and I mean, like, so I, I, I'm I trying really hard to think of, like, a, a non-esports example of this kind of behavior, and I can't think of one. Like, um, you know, it's it's not like football players are contractually prohibited from playing soccer in public. Nope, and I mean, think think Michael Jordan. Yeah. For example, he, the most probably the most famous basketball player for, I don't know, the 20th century, and he also had a career in Major League Baseball. Well, I mean, now it's obviously like after his basketball contract was long over. Yeah. Um. So Sony says that the PS4 has now sold over 2.1 million units. Uh. So you know they sold 1 million during their first 24 hours. And uh, they're now uh, up to 2.1 million. And the regions that it is available in so far are the Americas, Australia, and Europe. So that's kind of how widespread it is so far. Um, and we'll obviously be seeing more units sold uh, once it spread, you know, becomes available in other places like Japan. I still don't understand why that's not in Japan. I, I couldn't tell you. Maybe they're trying to work out all the kinks before they get it over here. Make it a little less kinky. <laughs> 
Yeah, but the Japanese love it kinky, don't they? <laughs> oh boy. Um, I'm just not going to comment on that. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said that, should I? Especially seeing as Sarah is a quarter Japanese. Mm. No comment. Um, Alright, so the next article is actually one that you found for me um, that I kind of find interesting. It's, um, it's an article by Polygon describing how a love of tabletop D&D helps video game designers. Um, and in a lot of ways, I very much so agree with it. With tabletop games such as like D&D or Paranoia or the Star Wars RPG or things like that, what happens is a lot of the extraneous stuff gets removed. A lot of the a lot of the visuals, a lot of the music gets removed, and so you are left to focus on the gameplay and the story. And in order to make it enjoyable, you have to make sure that those things are good, that they are up to snuff. And so by current or by constantly surrounding yourself in an environment or by an environment where those are the only things that matter, it makes it really possible and really easy for good game creation to happen because you have that that base storytelling ability, that that ability to tell a story and to make it interesting and to make it fun for everyone involved. And like the best part about tabletop RPGs is that both the you know the the DM and the players have to be good at this, you know, storytelling creation um, in order for it to really work. Unlike Dooms. Yeah, well, hey, let's not point fingers. He was being a jerk. A butt. Yeah. On the one campaign, the first campaign that I ever ran and the one that I asked him to be in specifically to help me learn how to DM better. Okay, so how about instead of let's not point fingers, fingers let's not dwell. Because the more negative you are about it, then the, you know, just the worse you'll feel about it. You know, I don't really care. I'll, I'll have that little bit of grr, but I don't, well, for yeah. the most part, I don't care. Okay. Just saying. But yeah. So, speaking of making sure that things are up to snuff, uh, the PC Gaming Alliance is looking to introduce a certification program to help assure customers that the games that they buy work how they're advertised. For example, uh, in order for a game to meet this certification, uh, they have to support 720p using medium settings at 30 frames per second under, quote, fully loaded conditions. I have no idea what fully loaded conditions means, but, um, like... I mean, for have you ever played a game that didn't run at least at 720p and 30 frames per second? And quite frankly, if I was playing a game that limited me to 70 or to 720p and 30 frames per second, I would be very, very unhappy with it. Oh yeah. Um, the only times whenever I've been limited to games like that is when I'm playing a slightly older game, like the original Mass Effect. Um, doesn't have the full. Um, that has full 1080. No, it doesn't. Doesn't it? I swear least, it does. At least not the um, not the resolution that I'm used to. Not the I don't even remember what it is. It's been so long since I've pulled it up. <laughs> the nineteen twenty by ten eighty. Yeah. The original one doesn't have that. Are you are you serious? Yeah. Oh weird. I suppose I was playing it on a screen that wasn't full ten eighty, <laughs> but that's so weird. But I mean that's the only time when it's not, is if it's a slightly older game. So but yeah, I mean, like, so so what I'm saying here is we don't really need a certification program because, like, people find out that, you know, a game is technically shoddy before they buy it usually anyway, right? I hope. You know? 
And PC gamers are pretty good about, you know, looking these kinds of things up before they buy them. That's just because we're superior. Mm-hmm. Tooting our own horn. Oh, again. of course. All right. Um, so, ah. Dota 2. We, actually, I'm talking about a lot of MOBA stuff related. A lot of MOBA related stuff. Um, Dota 2, um, similar to League of Legends, is having its... <clears throat> It's winter event coming up soon. It's called Frostivus. There was a Valve teaser that came out for it recently, um, quoting it. Since last year's celebration was canceled, the less said about that, the better. Um, sorry. Uh, rest assured that this year's Frostivus will be twice as caring and serene. Um, we're not exactly sure when it kicks off, but we know that it's for sure coming uh, with a bunch of Christmas-related things on the map. So there's certain things that you can use to make trees in the game that I know of and alter the jungle path, and that's something that you can do there. Um, and I don't know, just Christmassy stuff is happening. Probably some sales, too. Hopefully. I can't imagine that they wouldn't. It's Val. Yep. And, I mean, another thing that they'll do is there's gift-giving. Sort of like how League of Legends works. Uh, I'm assuming that Dota 2 also works, just because I haven't played it that much. I kind of have to assume a bit. Um, I'm assuming that it works off of microtransactions mm -hmm. um, and gets yeah. a lot of its funding from microtransactions. So uh, similar to, again, League of Legends, you have the ability to give gifts to other players and make someone's day. Give someone a Christmas. So if you, uh, if you got a next-gen console... Yeah. Uh, you, you're probably pretty excited about some of the new awesome, you know, s things that they that developers can do, you know, that they couldn't do with previous uh, generation consoles. So here's one of the awesome uh, features that you'll get if you're playing NBA 2K14, uh, you know, on the Xbox One or the PS4. You can get a technical foul if you swear within earshot of the Kinect or the PlayStation camera. Yeah, we need that for this podcast. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll just reach through the internet and slap your hand as usual. Um, but yeah, the developers apparently were trying to do their part to encourage a more civilized online environment. Fine by me. I mean, the online gaming community tends to be pretty toxic. Yeah, but I mean, even when I'm playing a single-player game, and if I'm sitting here, and I, you know, something surprises me or something, you know, bad happens, I kind of want to be able to free to swear. Yeah, I suppose, but, I mean, a step's a step. In, in many ways, think about this, it's it's a step forward in the world of e-games and e-sports. Right, but nobody models. plays NBA 2K14 online. No. No, 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 maybe. Eh. I don't, I don't have a console. I don't have that one. I just think it looks... I, I, I like the fact that they're trying to clean up the community, and someone who's oh, yeah. Yeah. rather active on the league community... Um, and has seen what happens on first-person shooter communities, so like TF2 or Call of Duty or things where 10-year-olds get on and they just learn how to swear and are starting to swear up a storm. Yeah. Um, Even Minecraft videos, man. Like, what on earth? Stupid 10-year-olds. They maybe grow up faster. Yeah, but if they grew up, then they would be swearing and we'd be fine with it. Uh, I suppose. Dang it, parents do better. Fail less. <laughs> uh, um... Anyway. And, and of course, we're not going to do that bad. Not at all. No. We swear never. <laughs> so, 
sorry, our our ghost has left, so I'm, it's up to us to. Oh anyway. right, yeah. <clears throat> All right, so this one is one that I'm actually really excited about. So the developers of Dead Space Visceral Games, apart from just being in partners with EA Canada and working on that new the new Star Wars games, the next gen Star Wars games that we've talked about the past few weeks. Oh yeah, super excited. They're also develop or they're also hiring for a new IP. Star Wars is not a new IP. No, Star Wars is not a new IP. Neither is Dead Space. No. So the company is growing. The company is getting new jobs, and it's a company that makes good games. So I'm really excited for that. Oh yeah. So Ryan, Ghost, get your butt on it. Look. Um. Oh wait. What? Look at Never what? mind. What are you talking about? I'm trying to get him to get a job. Oh, I see. Well, I I think he's fine. I I think he's you know taking classes right now and not worrying about that too much. Yeah. And and I don't think he'd necessarily be able to do the. Listings available. There's new job listings for environment artists and an older one for a technical art director. Explain this is a major opportunity to contribute creatively to an exciting new IP. Yeah, that doesn't quite sound like Ryan. No. Ooh, maybe I'll talk to my friend Cam. <laughs> That'd be cool. That could be really cool. Maybe you could get me a free copy. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. Is, this is all an effort to get free games. Of oh, course. totally. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're such a player. Anyway, um, yeah. So, what are you pointing at? Nothing. Oh, I okay. Yeah, okay, sure. Uh, so those guys at Valve, they're pretty crazy sometimes. They they make interesting stuff. One of their engineers has taken the sensor from a mouse, you know, a regular old laser mouse, and uh, he has stuck it into a retainer and created a tongue-controlled mouse. Unfortunately, it's pretty much impossible to accurately do things within, you know, a regular Windows environment. Uh, but and and actually, he tried playing an FPS, and it was also quite infeasible. But he can see maybe some uses in like gesture-based environments or selecting simple yes or no options, and maybe augmented reality where you want your hands free or something. The only thing that's going through my head right now is an episode of Big Bang Theory. Where um, oh shoot, I don't remember the guy that looks like Spock, the little Jewish guy. Um, okay. He makes a kissing machine where you you kiss the mouth, or it, it's two ways. You, one end kisses the mouth, and then the mouth has robotic sensors that not only picks up where you're kissing and how you're kissing, but it moves the mouth to show what the other person is doing. And so he tries to teach one of his friends how to kiss through this. So, I mean, so what you're saying is that it's like a video call, but it's a um, kissing thing instead of just talking and seeing the person. Yes, and the different things that could be done with the tongue. Fascinating. <laughs> with this sort of thing. It's just like, dang your brain, go away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> just wait until they uh, get a mind of their own. Oh, my. Just so long as they have the good textures. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. So, yeah. Um, that sounds quite horrifying. I see your segue. And are you going to pick it up? No. I don't just... know. It, it's it's kind of heavy. It's Those those machines are kind of big. <laughs> um, so, uh, Shinji Mikami, the, the creator of the Resident Evil series and the upcoming horror game, um, was recently in, a, in an interview talking about how P 
people have become much, much, much harder to scare. With the evolution of technology and, in particular, storytelling, with like the movies and video games and how interactive and how good the graphics are and how real everything is seeming now, and the different ways to scare people have been thought up, it's becoming more and more difficult to scare people. So what has to happen now um, is that... This sounds like the plot for Monsters, Inc. <laughs> um, actually, I'm going to read a quote that he... or read a few quotes that he says. Um, Not much has changed when it comes to instilling terror in the player, but people have got used to the tropes of horror, and they know, and, and they know what's coming next. So in that sense, it is harder to make them afraid. The scariest parts will be when you encounter enemies that cannot be killed with a gun. Even if you shoot them, they won't die. So you'll have to run or use a trap to beat them. That should be fun and also scary. Well, yeah, that's why uh, amnesia. amnesia. Yeah, that reminds me. I need to go and edit the videos that I have of Declan and I playing Amnesia together. Yeah, so that's still there. And I actually kind of disagree with him. I think that um, a decent amount has changed when it comes to instilling terror in people. Simply how we do it has changed. So the, the, the things that are the most effective are newer ideas that have been coming up. So, um, I mean, obviously the run can't kill it mm-hmm. thing is probably the most terrifying thing. Um, and it's relatively new. Um, <clears throat> you know, then again, monsters and stories haven't really changed. There's always been good monster stories and whatnot. Yeah, and I mean, I, I feel like there are always going to be people who avoid, you know, uh, scary movies at all costs because they are so, you know, they get so scared during them. Yeah. So it's not like the entire population is becoming uh, desensitized to this. It's just that the people who aren't desensitized to it are the ones who avoid it. That's a very fair assessment. And then you have people like me who is just like, eh, that's creepy, but it's not really that scary, whatever. Then there's people like me who can get themselves scared of a movie that they think is scary but turns out to not be scary but they're still like almost peeing their pants during it because they think that there's going to be like a jump scare around the corner. Yeah. Okay, admittedly I do do that for stuff like Dead Space or mm. or Amnesia. Well, no, but those are those two are actually meant to be scary. Like I watched uh Shutter Island and I kept ex- expecting there to be like ghosts or you know something or like some madman about to attack him, but, you know, it never happened. It was just... Well, oh, there's a, always a madman about to attack you. Just like the a, one behind you. Ah! How do you spell that? Madman? No. Wah! W-A-U-G-H-G-H. Wah! The castle... Ah! <laughs> we have... I, I, I'm not really going to say demoted ourselves, because that's, that's not the right word, and it's not a bad thing. Have we devolved? No... Maybe we've evolved because I mean Python quotes. We can now uh, communicate non-verbally. <laughs> and by that, Ian is trying to tell us that Destiny has been pushed back to next fall. Sad day. They they've announced that their launch date is now September 9th, uh, with the beta coming sometime in the summer, and it'll be starting on PlayStation first. That's all I have to say to that. Oh, okay. Makes so much sense. Actually, well, it doesn't really affect me because I don't have it on the console, but... Yeah, no. That still is kind of obnoxious because Destiny looks like it's a wonderful game, and I want to see it do well. I want to see it out there, and I want to see it do well. On the other hand, we're not, you know, 
surprised anymore when games get uh, delayed. Yeah. No, sad day. Um, all right, so on to the next thing. Um, let's say you'd find this one a bit of a shocker. <laughs> I don't know, but I can't really think of many other good puns related to violence. Um, this isn't necessarily another news newsy thing, but just another topic to make you guys think a little bit. Um, Ken Levine, the guy who made Bioshock, has recently been criticized for what people call excessive violence in otherwise richly atmospheric games. Um, especially in particular, well, obviously Bioshock, his biggest, his biggest and most successful baby. And I think he has a really, really, really interesting take on the violence in video games. Um, let me, let me read some of the, um, some of the quotes that they have. Um, he believes that, well, okay, this isn't quite a quote yet, but he believes that art apparently has a responsibility to authentically replicate violence um, so that people can see what it's like. So one of the responsibilities of art is to actually show this is what it looks like when someone gets shot because it's really obfuscated. That's a good word. War is about sending pieces of metal very fast at people and tearing them to bits on the most primal level. So he's talking about how art is, in this sense, and referencing video games as art, which I very much so agree with, Mm -hmm. Um, or at least his style of video games, the kind of video games that we like. Um, The responsibility of it, the reason why there's violence, isn't necessarily, oh, shock factor, or oh, this is going to get me good reviews, but rather it's our responsibility to show the world what it's like, to make it not just, oh, that's... Let's hide that in the closet. That's nasty. No. To show people some of the horrors of what war is mm-hmm. without necessarily having to place them in the middle of it. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with that, that you know, if you're going to depict violence, you might as well depict violence realistically, you know, and not just for the shock factor, but, yeah, yeah, because people should see, you know, what it's like. But on the other hand... Did the story of Bioshock Infinite really require violence? Does it matter if it did or if it didn't? I I mean I mean you know what he, what he's saying in that article is when you shoot somebody it should look like you shot somebody yeah. you know like there are definitely consequences to shooting somebody but why did I need to shoot them in the first place? Well I guess in this case if the world is hell bent if the world that you're in is hell bent on stopping you mm-hmm. at any cost. I suppose. What other options do you have? Because you can't necessarily do it peacefully through a nonviolent system when people will be there and shoot you on sight. Well, as I learned in Dishonored, I could just not be seen. That doesn't always work. Not all of us have otherworldly powers. Elizabeth did. Anyway. Anyway. We're just going to go in circles with that argument, but uh, no, yeah. He does bring up very good points, and that is something that, that people have been uh, accusing him of ever since Bioshock Infinite came out. Yeah. So, a game that's coming out soon that uh, I'm really, really, really looking forward to and probably doesn't have nearly as much violence is Broken Age by uh, Double Fine. And they've, they keep revealing more and more voice actors that I am just really, really excited for. This week, we found out that Will Wheaton and Elijah Wood are going to be in the game. Will Wheaton as a lumberjack who you encounter at some point in the story, and Elijah Wood actually as one of the two protagonists. That's fantastic. How how big of a budget does this game have? 
Uh, well, remember this was the this was the game that literally put Kickstarter on the map for for game developers. Yeah. yeah. I guess I didn't necessarily realize that it was that big of a thing. I didn't remember that bit of history, <laughs> and I was alive for it. <laughs> my gosh, what are my grandkids gonna say? Grandpa Ian, you're so dumb. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Actually, first is going to be, you're so old. And then I'll ask them how old they think old is, and they'll respond with, 25. Oh, but Jillian. A Google. <laughs> A Googleplex. All right. Um, Alrighty then. Um, oh, gosh, where are we? There we are. Are we going to watch the YouTube video? Uh, for... Oh, no. no. Actually, wait. No. No, we are not. Oh, okay. It's mostly just, you know, people talking. Okay. You know, we don't want to hear Elijah Wood's sexy voice? No, no, it's Will Wheaton's voice, actually. Oh. It, was, it was actually pretty funny because when when Will Wheaton went in to record his lines... When Will uh, Wheaton went win? Yes. They, they actually hadn't announced that Elijah Wood was going to be in the game yet, so they told him that they had a big actor who had just been there this morning to record some stuff, but they didn't tell him who it was, and he spent the rest of the time trying to guess who it was. He was like, oh, man, it was Nathan Fillion, wasn't it? No? Oh, well, uh, you know. <laughs> and he just, like... <laughs> <laughs> was trying to figure out who had been there that morning. If Nathan Fillion was in that game. Oh, man. It's not too late. They might still announce it. I hope so. If it does, I'm going to... You will have to buy me a new set of pants. And the game, apparently. Yes. Christmas! Christmas is coming. Rebecca! But, but Rebecca, I love you! Wait, oh, uh, let's see. Um, Is it Rebecca, will you marry me? Uh... Marry me, Rebecca. I, I guess. Can't. Or something. Oh, uh, no. I'm in love with someone else. Who is this man? He is you. <gasps> Marry me, Rebecca. No. But, but, Rebecca. I don't remember the rest from there. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> well, just leave it at, but, but, Rebecca. It's a cliffhanger. Um, Rebecca. Rebecca. Sarah. I, I told you the other day. Sarah. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I told you the other day that um, she's actually that I got her hooked on that show. Oh, good. With um, Catbug in particular. That's, so she I mean, Catbug is everybody's favorite. She quotes the mini-sode of Catbug and. Have you seen the the preview of the next episode? No, I mean, isn't wasn't the one that came out just a couple days ago? Uh, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. Have you seen that one? No, we're gonna watch it tonight. Oh man! Oh, there is some adorable Catbug stuff in there. <sighs> He's that an makes evil me overlord. The evil overlord? Yeah. Oh, boy. It's so great. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to handle the cuteness. <laughs> Cute explosion! Oh, boy. Everybody, go watch Bravest Warriors now. After you, Well, after you listen to our podcast. Yes. Watch it. All of season one is up. And you will look and you will learn, oh, gosh. Dude, season two is so good. Season two is wonderful so far, from what I've seen. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, my brain, the horse at the end of season one and the beginning of season two. Yeah. Just putting that... Well, okay, that was one heck of a horse. He was awesome. But then mixing that that mix up with the Look at my horse! My horse is amazing! <laughs> oh my gosh, I had never crossed those over in my mind before, but that's perfect. But I don't want to. I don't oh, want to give him a now, lick. Oh, okay, never mind. I really don't want to give him a lick. Or look at his winky. Let's talk about something else. 
Sounds good. Um, so earlier on the show, I mentioned that I was going to be talking about lots of MOBAs. So here's your next MOBA thing. So uh, Warhammer 40,000 Storm of Vengeance is a new MOBA that has been announced. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it. Eutechnix? What a what? E-U-T-E-C-H-N-Y-X. Not a clue. Eutechnix? I guess I was trying to put a Greek... Um, Greek pronunciation on it, but anyway, Uteshnix is what I'll call it. It's developing a lane strategy game. Uh, so, again, another MOBA, but it's set in the Warhammer universe, and it's going to be coming to PC and mobile? Mobile? What? Huh. Um, in the first quarter of, two, of 2014. So, currently they have, right now, two of Games Workshop's most cherished characters, Grandmaster Belial and Orc Warlord um, Gazkul Thraka. So, oh, <laughs> Storm of Vengeance offers the player the chance to command the tenacious defense of the planet with only 100 Dark Angel Space Marines or attempt its annihilation using the cunning of the Orc and their teleporter technology. <laughs> um, and actually, oh, there's apparently, uh, earlier this year, Behavior Interactive announced an MMO based in the same universe, Warcam- or Warhammer 40K, The Eternal Crusade. So... So I, I just Googled around trying to figure out how to pronounce it, um, and there's actually, like, a forum thread on on their forums about how do you pronounce the name of this company, and it's, <laughs> it's Eutechnics. Eutechnics, okay. Yeah. Not Eutechnics, but Eutechnics. And they're British, so I can't believe that they chose something so hard to, you know, figure out how to say. Well, so that they can laugh at everyone when they get it wrong. <laughs> Call them a bloody idiot. They use their Britishness against us. <laughs> America. Bloody idiot. All right. So I think for the next bit I'll be talking like this. Oh, Lord. Look at what you did to me. You mentioned one place and then it gets me stuck in an accent that I can't get rid of for the rest of the tour. You know who you sound like? Who? You sound like the guy who played uh, Alfred in the Dark Knight trilogy. Michael Caine. Yeah, you kind of sound like him. That's That's not a bad thing. No, of course not. <laughs> not. Not in any way, shape, or form is that a bad thing. Michael Caine is a wonderful actor and a wonderful human being. And pretty much anything, I don't think I've ever seen a bad movie with him in it. Um, I don't know what else I've seen him in ever. Let's see, he was in that. Have you ever seen the movie Secondhand Lions? Oh my god, yes. Oh my gosh, of course. Perfect. Yes, okay. Let's look up some more um, IMDb. Um, let's see. Actor. Uh, Doc Knight. Cars 2. He was in Cars 2, apparently. Huh. Romeo and Juliet. Okay, mate. He was in Inception. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was in The Prestige, of course. That's right. Mm. He was in Children of Men, so may- then again, maybe. Um, but yeah, Secondhand Lions. Um, that's right. He was Austin Powers in Goldmember. He played Austin's dead. Oh, yeah. Oh, duh. And the Dutch. And the Dutch. <laughs> you know what? You know what I wish that he would be in? Huh. I wish that he would be in a Telltale game. That would make my 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 year, month, decade. My year. <laughs> yeah. And actually, so that's not totally infeasible now because Telltale is working on a ton of things all at once. During uh, during the VGXs, they announced that they are teaming up with Gearbox to uh, bring us Tales from the Borderlands, um, and the gameplay of that will be Telltale-style with 
uh, obviously, old and new characters from the Borderlands series. Uh, and then they also confirmed the Game of Thrones game that we uh, found out about, I think it was last month, um, but they hadn't confirmed it until now. Yeah, and I mean, he was in, uh, according to IMDb, um, uh, let's see, uh, well, he was obviously in one of the Batman movies, or in one of the Batman games. Um, uh, yeah, there's only a couple of things about videos, but anyway. Yeah, so, um, but yes, Telltale is a wonderful game company. I'm, I'm excited to hear what they have to do. I'm surprised that they're able to work on this many things at once, because up until now, they've only been, like, doing one game at a time, and now suddenly they're working on, like, three or four, because I think... Cause the, so they've got, you know, The Wolf Among Us going on right now. Uh, they have The Walking Dead Season 2 coming up soon. When is that coming out? Uh, we'll be talking about that a little while later, unless you deleted the article. No, that article is literally the next one. I'm giving you a nice segue. Oh! I'm good. I'm a proud podcaster. Yeah. Quite. <laughs> <laughs> Big thumbs up from So let's, let's try that one more time. When's that coming out, Ian? Oh, I don't know. It's not as if it'd be soon or anything like that. Actually, next week. Next Tuesday, I believe. Yes. Oh, wow. December 17th. Dude, wait a minute. Oh, week my God. tomorrow. I'm not going to be ready for it when it comes out. Oh, that's terrible. Why not? Because uh, I'm playing through the season one right now, you know, because I don't have my save game files from my laptop, oh, and yeah. also, and also, you know, posting those on YouTube, and I've only gotten through the first two episodes so far. Better get on that, Buck. I really need to. When are finals? Uh, that that week. Okay, same here. So, yeah, you're gonna have to wait a little while. On the other hand, since it's a Telltale game, I will only be behind like when the first episode comes out, so I'll be able to catch up easily by the time the next one comes out. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Just like with the new, well, actually, the second episode is going to be coming out soon for The Wolf Among Us too. So we yeah, gotta... I think they're they're going to tell us when that's released uh, after the holidays. So I don't think yes. it'll be coming out until next year, or you know, maybe early January or something. But regardless, actually, I still need to start that game. I've heard that it's. You said it was pretty dang wonderful. Yes, so far. Yeah, it was. It was pretty good. Um, I mean, it had. Doesn't really compare to The Walking Dead in my mind. I don't. I don't think it's going to be as big of a hit. Um, but I, I mean, it's entertaining. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. Um, I can, f- man, I could really foresee just you know living off of Telltale games from now until you know who knows when. If they're working on all of these all at once and you know coming out with new episodes every every month or half month. Wait, living off of them? So you're gonna. Well, you know what I mean. Like yeah, you're going to take them, put them into a blender, and have Telltale smoothies and Telltale steak covered in Telltale butter and Telltale sauce. Mmm, that Telltale sauce. Mmm. But you know, by living off of them, I mean like those could just be the only video games that I play for a very long time. <laughs> Good thing your brain shut up. With what? the Telltale sauce joke, my my own my brain went to well. There's only a couple sauces that are Telltale. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you remember the the Steam user review system that started up like a couple of weeks ago? Um, yes. Apparently, there has been at least one developer already who is trying to exploit it. Uh, so Train Simulator 2014 has been getting quite a few negative reviews, and uh, the developer has been marking these negative reviews as off topic. 
Um, and once this story hit news sites, uh, Valve quickly took a look at those reviews and then removed the flag for it being off-topic, and so now the, you know, the reviews are back up where they should be. Um, however, if they hadn't got that publicity, then, you know, we really have no idea how long it would have taken Valve to get around to looking at those reviews. Um, so, I mean, obviously this, this feature is still in, like, beta, but, uh, yeah, I can't believe that somebody's already... You know, uh, what do you what do you call it? Abusing the system? Yeah, abusing the system. Thank you. You know, I suppose I'm not too too surprised, but it's an indie game developer kind of, right? Um, I mean, that's Restrained... definitely not like a AAA game, but I don't know if it's strict really indie. Yeah, but still, that's yeah, that's not okay. I mean, I I wasn't the biggest fan of Train Simulator just because it didn't seem like an interesting game to me. But now there's no way in heck am I ever going to buy anything. Mm-hmm. from them or give any money to them simply because they're trying to cheat as well. Yeah. So, bye-bye. Good reputation. Anyway, moving on. So, bye-bye with old baddies and hello to some wonderfully good-looking ones. Um, and one that's looking to be not a baddie, but a game that's absolutely fantastic. Actually, hello, as in hello games. They are... I didn't even realize it until now. Don't stand. I missed another good opportunity. Good job. <laughs> no, I did. it was really good until you acknowledged it. Anyway, um, uh, it announces No Man's Sky, which is a sci-fi adventure game that is based off of exploration, and you go through, you ex- you, you explore different worlds, uh, and each and every single world is different. So some of them are super sandy. There was, in the video that I watched, uh, one that looked like a desert, and there was this giant snake worm-looking thing that was going around. It's just like, oh, God, why? Yeah, it um, kind of reminded me of, like, Dune. Yeah. Let's see, part of it, you were under the water in a tropical area. Um, each time you also have, you you don't necessarily, well, no, you do decide where to go. You have a ship that you drive around. It looks like there might be some ship-based combat. Well, just combat in general, because there's health bars and ammo bars when you're on your foot, or when you're on foot. Um, but also in the ship, there's definitely some weapons that they show, so it's a fully destructible environment as well as an interactively destructive environment would be a good way to put it. And, um, and this entire universe is being generated procedurally as you are exploring it. Yeah. So it's like Minecraft, but... But not blocks. And it's but not blocks. And gorgeous, and sci-fi, and... Actually, aside from the proceduralness, uh, it shares very little with Minecraft. Eh, exploration, somewhat. I suppose, yeah. But, I mean, Minecraft is also about building things. Yeah, that's about know. sandbox. This is... I, ooh, I wonder if there's going to be... Do we know if there's multiplayer? If this is supposed to be a multiplayer game? I don't know. It didn't mention that, and that's one of the things that I was wondering, is if this is single-player or multiplayer, because I'm... If it's multiplayer... Actually, if it has servers sort of like with Minecraft, then I could see multiplayer being a definitely... Definitely a good thing and a big thing. Um, but if it's like an MMO sort of thing, I could see it being just stupid. So yeah, um, and I mean, like once once people have explored uh, enough, then I, <laughs> a I, server will crash because the world would be too big. Exactly, exactly. Um, and you know, then people wouldn't be able to explore more and create more uh, unique worlds. But you know, yeah, yeah, very very cool concept. So. Do we know... We don't have any idea of when this is possibly coming out, do we? Uh, let me see. Um, uh, I'm not... 
seeing anything about a release date. Okay, that's fine. We'll just keep our eyes on this one then. Let me. You you go ahead and talk about the next one. I'm gonna. Ah, okay. So this is another uh, game that we're definitely looking forward to. Titanfall. Uh, they've revealed two new classes. Well, this is, these are the only two classes that they've revealed so far of Titans uh, that will be in the game: the Ogre and the Strider. So these two classes are pretty much polar opposites. The Ogre is heavy but slow, and the Strider is quick and agile, but you know can't take nearly as much punishment. Um, and obviously, there are going to be way more classes of uh, of Titans. Uh, that they haven't announced yet, but uh, those are the two that we know about so far. And they have they have a couple of cool videos showing them off. So uh, go and check out those videos in the article. Yeah, and I'm not seeing anything about a release date for No Man's Sky. So yeah, we'll just have okay. to keep an eye out on it. Um, all right. So if you guys remember, not too too long ago, we talked about uh, the LPC, the Large Pixel Collider, and we bring to you on the show some of the first. Um, screenshots, some of the Battlefield 4 screenshots, maxed settings at 768 by 1440 pixels on the large pixel collider. And so I think... 7,680. What did I say? You said 768. Yeah. But, sorry. But yeah, so 7,680 by 1440 pixels. Yeah, this is insane. This like So this means that they have... Three monitors hooked up, all of them at 1440p on Battlefield 4 at, at max settings. And doesn't it still look absolutely... It looks gorgeous. Well, of course. I mean, it's at, it's at max settings. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I, really I want to see it run... What? I, yeah, I really wish that we could see videos of this, but obviously you can't get videos of a triple monitor on a single monitor, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean... Oh my, you know what I want to see this with? What? Um, we haven't uh, seen them do Crisis 3 yet. Yeah, I want to see them do Crisis 3, and I want to see it on Oculus Rift. Huh. Yeah. Of course, the, the Oculus Rift do, does have a you know a fairly low um, resolution cap at this point. At this point. I want to yeah. see them improve upon that and then get it big and all pretty. Oh yeah. I'm, I mean, it'll happen once the, once the technology catches up with the LPC. Um, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> That's a very fair assessment right there. So a new trailer for Thief has come out, and uh, this trailer... Yeah, what, what, what? Oh, did I miss something? Oh, yeah. my goodness, I'm so sorry. Oculus Rift, you were trying to... Uh, I wasn't actually trying. I just noticed oh and I was like, it's perfect! <laughs> it is perfect. So speaking of the Oculus Rift... Um, <laughs> This is both failing today with the segways. Oh, man. With <laughs> today is just no segways, except that segways half happen, but then they fail. Um, yeah. So, the Oculus Rift, despite the existence of the Oculus Rift and, uh, you know, that funny bowl thing that you can run around in while wearing the Oculus Rift, um, our quest for virtual reality is not yet complete. A device called the Reactive Grip uh simulates weight, torque, and resistance of objects that you hold in a virtual space. And they're currently having a Kickstarter, but it looks like it's going to be really, really close because at this point they have two days left uh, as of time of recording, and they aren't quite there yet. So we'll see if they make it, um, but this does look like a really cool piece of technology. Basically what it does is um, you, you hold this thing that's sort of shaped like a, a, a gun trigger kind of, um, but it can really simulate any kind of, you know, handle thing that you hold in your hand. Um, 
and the the little kind of rubber grips that your that your hand is resting on will shift under your hand to give the sensation of you know if you're if you're like swinging a uh, say a mace in in a medieval warfare game um, it will shift you know to simulate the weight of the mace in your hand um, and you know or if you fire a gun it'll it'll simulate the kick of the gun. I really 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 want to see this see them do something where they have both of these hooked up and you do a sword fight with someone from across. <laughs> both of, both of the people wearing Oculus Rifts and holding these things in their hand. and Yeah. Yep. And possibly in that bowl thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the new LARPing, right? Yes. Oh, you can now LARP with Skype. Wait a second. <laughs> You know, actually, if I had an Oculus Rift in one of the one of the omnidirectional bowl things, uh, I could tell my mom to stop yelling at me to get outside and do exercise because I'm I can run around while uh, playing my video games. <laughs> Pretty much the same thing, right? Exactly. Oh gosh, if you want to sprint. <laughs> exactly. That's why you got to be fit, man. This particular, <laughs> with the game that I'm reviewing today. I learned that sprinting and dashing very quickly become your best friends. Mm. Very, very quickly become I, your best friends. Well, it's a good thing that I am dashing. Hey! Hey! hey. No argument for me. All right. Um. So I believe the next one is you, one you, that you can go ahead and take this one. Okay. Ah. Uh, I mean, I don't have much to say about it since I've watched the trailer, but well, we're gonna um, watch the trailer. We're going to watch the trailer. All oh, right. Yeah. This is good to me. So there's a new trailer for the game that Buck and I are super, super excited for, Thief, that has been recently released. And it gives us the most insight into what is going on so far. Um, that being said, there's still a few unanswered questions, according to Buck. Yeah. For Well, okay. So let's watch it, and then we'll talk about it in a minute, okay? Sounds so, good. <laughs> to, the, to the YouTube thingy. YouTube! are always a bad sign. Something's not right. It's too dangerous. And you're not ready yet. You know, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm going down there with or without you. Let us begin the channeling of the primal. to know best try to control something they didn't fully understand the balance has shifted we can all feel it your city needs you Garrett I'm no savior Changed in you, child of the shadows. No one is paying you to risk your neck for this.
worse things in the shadows than you. So you see what I mean there. I want it. I want it now. Yeah. Now. Uh, right now. So did you see that thing? I saw your eyes go wide when you saw that thing. The demon? Yeah, the, the thing at the end? Like, the thing that looked like the, the, the zombie things from I Am Legend. Yeah. Yeah, what does that mean? Demons. I, so I asked a friend of mine who uh, has played the, <laughs> the, you know, the older Thief games, and she said that there, there weren't any zombie things in any of those games. And... Uh, she was like, what video is this? Show it to me. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's new. Um, I mean, we, kn- we know that there's, like, some sort of sickness that's, uh, you know, afflicting the city now. Um, probably has to do with those guys in the robes, I bet. Um, and maybe that, you know, that pale monster thing uh, is, you know, the next step in the sickness or something. So this is sounding like a cross between I Am Legend, Shadow Warrior, and... Dishonored. Dishonored all in one. I want it now. <laughs> well, you're going to have to wait until February. No! Sorry. Mm. Grumpy Ian is grumpy. <clears throat> My grumpy cat face. But Grumpy Ian has something good to talk about next. Yeah. Um, actually, before I do that, maybe I'll have to get it for you, like a pre-order for you as like a Valentine's Day gift or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love Our- you too. Our bromance knows no limits. <laughs> we are partners in crime, after all. It's only fitting that I give you a thief game, my partner in crime. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm, I, I couldn't resist. I'm speechless. <laughs> what? I'm speechless. Anyway, oh. so we talked somewhat on this game about mods and different mods that come out to different games that we like, and... One of probably the most modded games of the past few years is Skyrim. Quite obvious. And so recently, a new mod that came out is called Skywind. Uh, It's not actually out yet. It's not there yet. They're working on it. Um, um, But it's called... So the mod that they are working on is called Skywind, and it is going to be a remake, a complete remake, of the Morrowind game in the Skyrim universe. Wait, what? And well, this in, act, in the Skyrim, sorry, uh, in the Skyrim game, engine. the Skyrim yeah. engine, yeah, updated graphics and all that delicious, good, goody stuff. Um, as to which my my roommate's like, yeah, buddy. Uh, you have no idea how many hours I have wasted my life on that game. <laughs> I wouldn't call it wasted if you enjoyed it. I'm talking like 600 here. Holy Again, buckets! I wouldn't call it wasted if you enjoyed it. Anyway. Um, and actually, that's not that that surprising for me. I wouldn't be surprised if Bethesda had actually planned on doing this earlier because, uh, as I think we talked about, when Skyrim first came out, someone actually went into the code of the game and disabled the boundaries and had like a free look thing. Yeah. And they found out that you could go past the borders of Skyrim. Yeah, that's and right. And they found kind the rest of a, a half-made version of, of the island, right? Yeah, they, they found a half-made version of the entirety of Cyrodiil. That's insane. So there's a heck of a lot more to that game than meets the eye. So this does not come as a big surprise for me, and I am excited for it. I haven't actually played the original Morrowind, so this might all... And as my roommate said, he's wasted about 600... Well, not wasted. Utilized about 600 hours of his life on this game. 
and I'm I'm pumped for it now. Yeah, I think so. We found out about Skywind. It must have been over a year ago, um, and this is actually the first that the developers have said anything about it since then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a it, it's a very very nice trailer that they put together of it. Very pretty. Um, oh, that looks pretty. Right now, I have I have uh, the original Morrowind, and I installed uh, you know the this mod pack that's basically every single make it look prettier mod that has ever been made for Morrowind. Um, and it looks and it does look halfway decent, hmm. even, you know, even though the game came out in what like two thousand and one, two, very very early in the two thousands. Here, we'll look it up because yeah, I, I can. I haven't actually like played through the game yet. Two thousand two. Yep, sounds about right. So we really, really love to hate on EA. Yes, uh, they they got the uh, worst company in America award two years in a row for a reason, I'd say. Um, but and then came up with an apology. Yeah, that was some BS. Um, but they do do some things right. So the human rights campaign gave them a hundred percent, on the like as a grade, I guess, uh, for their inclusive policies, practices, and benefits for LGBT employees. That's really cool. Yeah, and they, I, they have like publicly uh, supported, um, you know, events um, and stuff for LGBT gamers. Um, so yeah, that's that's one thing about EA that is really cool. Yeah. Sort of like that whole yin yang thing. Although we may perceive things as mostly evil, there's still always some good inside of them. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and it's not like everybody in the company is evil. Yeah, no, not by any means. And speaking of other cool things that they've done, right? If you guys remember back in, I want to say August, um, yeah, yes, back in August, um, there was the EA Humble Bundle. Oh, yes. Which had games like Dead Space 3, Crisis 2 Ultimate Edition, and Mirror's Edge um, on sale in the Humble Bundle way. The only way that the Humble Bundle can. And EA decided to take none of the profits from those games and give them all all of the money to charities. Yeah. Um, and I think possibly some tips for the guys that do the, hum- the, guys that do the Humble Bundles. But yeah. I, well, yeah, I think you still had the option of choosing how it was split, but you know there wasn't a split for EA at all. Yeah. Um, but so we finally are getting some of the first evidence that that money is going towards good places. And I mean, I'd be surprised if it wasn't beforehand, but now we have some good, good evidence. So EA um, COO Peter Moore recently tweeted out a photo celebrating the first donation, $1.65 million to the U.S. American Cancer Society. Nice. And that's out of $10.5 million total, and uh, the rest of it's going to be going to the Human Rights Campaign. Wait, 10.5 million? That's less than the other number. 1.65 million? Oh, 1.65. Okay, sorry. Yeah. 10.5 million total from the game's profits. 1.65 went to the American Cancer Society. Cool. Um, The rest of it's getting donated to the Human Rights Campaign, um, WOTC, San Francisco AIDS Foundation, and the American Red Cross. And though I'm not... Actually, that last one's kind of surprising to me. The... Wait. Why? Oh, wait. No, never mind. I'm thinking of the Salvation Army. The Salvation Army is notorious for being very, very, very anti-LGBTQ. Oh, really? Like, I had no idea. To the point where I'm, I'm, I'm not going to donate to the Salvation Army anymore, just because of 
the amount that they contribute towards anti-LGBTQ. Yeah, that is annoying. Yin and yang. God dang it. Mm -hmm. But there is one thing that I don't think that there's really any, any really good things about, and that's the VGXs. So the VGXs are um, the kind of the, the next evolution is what they're calling it of the uh, VGAs, uh, which you know used to be the <laughs> the VGAs. Uh, you know were the the televised um, game awards show on Spike TV, um, and they're pretty infamous for being very very terrible and not really game focused at all. Um, so. And like, quite frankly, they were just uncomfortable to watch. Um, what were some of the things that were going on that made them uncomfortable? Well, so they they were ask. they were always like kind of Hollywoodized. Um, you know, they had just like big celebrities there, and you know, like it Snoop Lion doing his music, and you know, it wasn't really about the games. It was it was about the the you know the glamour and the the big show, and you know, they would just kind of like they would throw up. Oh, here's here's this one award, but you know, the, now back to the, the the fun stuff, you know, and and it wasn't really fun. Um, mm. and they they didn't even like show all of the awards during the awards show, like you had to go to their website later to find out who got some of the smaller awards. And it was like, this this isn't really about the games at all. Um, and I was kind of hopeful for this year because they were like, yeah, this is going to be, you know, it's going to be streamed on the internet first um, before it's televised. So, um, you know, so we won't have like all of the big commercials and everything. It's going to be much, much smaller. It's not like a huge audience thing. Uh, we don't have all these celebrities. Uh, the, the users are going to be able to, well, the viewers are going to be able to vote on, you know, what, um, what kinds of things happen next in the show, um, and I was I was quite hopeful for it. So we started watching the stream when it when it started, and uh, they they had this host. I, I don't know who it was. I, I assume that he's some guy who people would know. Um, and he kept making a bunch of terrible terrible jokes. And mm. and uh, about two minutes in, he said something about. Um, you know, we wish that you, we could show you this thing, but we can't because, like the female orgasm, it doesn't exist. And I just, um. I just looked at Declan, and Declan looked at me, and I was like, "Should we stop watching this?" And Declan said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So still, still painful to watch. <laughs> but I that... looked on the website later to see. <laughs> What the awards were. So that's probably about the only thing that we can do to make it standable. Wait till it's over and then go look at it. Yeah. Oh, and actually, a good thing about it, uh, a bunch of the headlines that we had this week were there because the VGX has happened, and you know that's when people uh, like to announce stuff is when there's big events going on. Um. So let's go through the. Uh, oh, and actually, so like these awards. Are pretty legit actually because I took a look at the you know the the list of people who are on their on their um uh their committee that decided who you know who won these awards and these guys are all uh you know big credible uh game journalists um some of them you know I I read a lot of their stuff and uh, you know I trust their opinions um unfortunately there were only like three women on the list out of like mm. twenty or more people um so that's still something that we need to work on. But um, yeah, yeah. So let's what, just uh, what? Weren't the guys that, wasn't Bioware working on 
didn't we have something several months ago about like Bioware working on making games better or more friendly to women gamers? Uh I don't remember. It may have been Bioware. Um, but anyway, uh, anyway, so let's let's just go down this the list of uh, of awards. So game of the year went to Grand Theft Auto V. Studio of the year was Naughty Dog. Both of those are very good choices, I'd say. Yeah. Um, best shooter, Bioshock Infinite. Woo. Best action adventure game, Assassin's Creed Four, Black Flag. I definitely think that it deserves that too. Uh, best sports game, NBA 2K14, where you can't swear. Best indie game, Gone Home. It's an interesting choice. I enjoyed it. Uh, best RPG, Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch. Ooh, I might have to go and take a look at that and see if that's on PC. No, that one's on PS3. Dang it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I think I think we had Katie review that one for us when it came out. Okay. You might have had her review that. I don't think I was there for that one. I don't remember that one. Oh. Oh, yeah, I think you were gone. That's right. Good memory. Injustice, Gods Among Us was the best fighting game. Uh, best driving game, Forza Motorsport 5. Best DLC, big surprise, and I don't argue with them at all, Far Cry 3, Blood Dragon. I really wish that it worked on my computer. I'm, I think I'm going to have to try doing it in windowed mode to see if it'll work, because it's definitely worth it. Yes. Uh, best Xbox game, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. I heard that that one was good. That looked interesting. And that's, that's an indie game, so I'm very surprised that it made it onto this list. Well, not really, because games journalists love indie games. Yeah, that's true. And hey, Power to the Little Guys. I like Power to the Little Guys. Oh, yeah. Wait, didn't Journey get Game of the Year last year? Yeah. Our yeah, guys so actually, so. never mind. Not surprised at all. No. Let's see. Best PlayStation game, The Last of Us. Best Nintendo game, Super Mario 3D World. Best PC game, Gone Home. Uh, best handheld game, The Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. Best casual game, Animal Crossing New Leaf. Interesting. I think yeah. before they had those split up as handheld and uh, mobile games instead of handheld and casual games. Because yeah. both of those are actually handheld games. Yeah. Um, best voice actor, Troy Baker as Joel from The Last of Us. And actually, Troy Baker got nominated twice. Hmm. Once for The Last of Us and once for Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> Who is he in Bioshock Infinite? He's, he's Booker DeWitt, the player oh. character. Oh. Yeah, he's the player character in both of those games. Well then, either way, I think he kind of deserves it. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a good voice actor. Best voice actress, Ashley Johnson as Ellie in The Last of Us. Man, I really need to go play that. What else was she... Yeah, is it... I don't know, I don't recognize her name. Um, best soundtrack, Grand Theft Auto V. Sorry, dang it, it's only on PlayStation still. Yeah, I know. It's never going to be not on PlayStation. Best song in a game, Will the Circle Be Unbroken, by Courtney Draper and Troy Baker in Bioshock Infinite. And yeah, that, oh my gosh, that was a great song. I'm so glad that I found the, the, the area where they sing it, because like you can completely skip that room and not hear the song in the game. But it is hmm. a beautiful, beautiful rendition. I'm going to have to go and, and double-check that then. Um, oh, and then there are also some fan-voted awards. I think this must be the ones, like the kind of thing where they voted for them on Twitter during the show because uh, I never saw anything on any websites where you could vote. Um, but most anticipated game is Titanfall. Understandably so. Character of the year was the uh, Lutice, Lutece twins? Uh, Lut I guess. Lutis twins? I don't know if they ever say their name in the game out loud. Uh, but but the, yeah. two, 
the, the two trans-dimensional twins from Bioshock Infinite. I love that they got Character of the Year because they remind me of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Yes! <laughs> Uh, and then best mobile game. Oh, okay, there it is. Uh, Plants vs. Zombies 2. It's about time. <laughs> uh, yeah, VGX is just... Why do they have to be so bad? Uh, because mainstream? I feel I like such a hipster saying that. But, but And I mean, like, they... Uh, they were trying to make it less mainstream this time, you know, by, by not having it televised at first, you know, just having it be a huge three-hour uh, stream for the gamers to watch. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, what can you do? Well, you can review Shadow Warrior. Yes, I can. Oh, my. That's all I have to say about this game so far is, oh, my. Um, so I went into playing this game thinking that it would be sort of like... Um, Serious Sam, where it was just guns and gore and just stupid stuff that was focusing on the fun that is blowing stuff up, but no real story. Because uh, it's made by the same people who made Serious Sam, right? Yeah. Okay. In fact, there's Easter eggs to Serious Sam all over the game. You, there's three games that you that you come across very frequently on, um, actually kind of four on uh, old arcade machines. And they're Hotline Miami, huh. um, Serious Sam. Uh, let me really quick look up the final one. Um, trying to remember. Uh, oh, Hard Reset, that's right. Wait, there's a remake Easter? There's a classic level. Oh my, I missed that. Um... But the game is just chock full of Easter eggs. Like, you wouldn't believe the amount of Easter eggs in this game. Um, so the original one, as I said, it's a remake, um, and that's why they have Easter eggs. Um, uh, the original was really, really controversial because there's a, at one point in time you uh, run across this woman who's standing with one arm in front of her chest, and she has water basically up to her waist, but she's completely naked other than that. And when this game originally came out, that was extraordinarily controversial just because that was the most skin that had been ever been broadcast in a game. Um, well, obviously, games have changed quite a bit since then. Um, yeah, now it's completely out of the question. I know, right? Um, and then you have games like God of War where there's <laughs> people having sex and then it shows you naked women here and there. Oh, fun, fun, fun. Hmm. Or, the guy PlayStation. Game. or the guy game. But let's never mention that one again. Um, anyway, uh, so that pops up. There's there's a corpse hanging there. There's places at different areas where you can enter where it's everything is in the original art style. Apparently there's a secret level that I missed um, where you play a level from the classic game. Oh, wow. Um, it's just... How old is the classic game? Uh, came out around the same time that Doom did. Uh, not Easter eggs 2015. God, go away. Let me just look up. The original one was in 97. Okay, wow, yeah. I think I have. My dad has this one. <laughs> no way. It looks yeah. really, really familiar. That's pretty awesome. You'll have to ask him. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, so the original game, another thing that was a big difference from the original game the, uh, to the current one, the original game was uh, pervaded by... Violence, 
Um, oh, where did it say it? Uh, controversy, controversy, controversy. Um, yes, all that controversy. Yes, quite. Um, let's see, it was extraordinarily racist. Huh. Um, let's see, and I think just, uh, yeah, violence, gore, a lot of really crass jokes. Because, I mean, hey, the guy's name is Lo Wang. Um, Does so, he like the kinky? He likes the kinky. Oh, he definitely likes the kinky. You hear him talk about it sometimes. <laughs> and, I mean, now it's... So they, they, they kept the stupid humor, and they kept the, the violence, but they got rid of the racism completely. Oh, good. And now if you hear any Wang jokes, it'll be completely related just to the fact that Wang is a synonym for penis. Well, yeah. Um, I can't imagine there being any other jokes. I know, right? Uh, but so it got rid of that particular aspect, and it's still just an absolutely nuts game. Um, so what now, is what is the uh, the gameplay like? Fast and Furious is the best way to describe it. You, it's a it's uh, a first person, right? But yep. don't you use a sword usually? Um, that was my favorite weapon was the katana, <laughs> by far. Um, it it has elements of an RPG and a first person shooter. Um, as you go through the game, you uh, you get certain things, I guess would be the best way to call them. You get karma points, um, you get kai crystals, and you get money. The money you get to use to buy um, uh, weapon upgrades, the karma points you get to use to upgrade um, different skills, so like different things that you get to use to um, manipulate or manipulate actually kai, and uh, do some really powerful things, or get some more health, or just fun stuff like that. And then, um, and then with the Kai Crystals, you actually get powers. Uh, so, like, one of them gives you the ability to heal, the other one gives you a shockwave that you can shoot out and knock enemies back. Nice. Another one lets you slam the ground in, in the line of, I think, like, 30 meters or something like that is the one that I had, because I had that one maxed out. You knock all enemies up, and they get suspended in air for a certain amount of seconds. <laughs> um... So there's that and the different powers that you get and the different weapons that you get are kind of kind of nuts but fun. Um, and that actually comes into play because a lot of what the game is based around is ba- kind of different arenas is what I would call them. You walk into a certain area and then you're forced into a fight. And at the end of the fight you actually get a bonus to karma. And, uh, and again, those karma gives you more skills. The higher your karma score, the more skills you get. Um, or are able to unlock. Uh, but the better you do, Sorry, the more variation that you have with your techniques gets you a higher bonus of that karma, so those come into play in making sure that you have those there. Um, and as I said, it's fast and it's furious. There's secrets, so there's definitely some time to explore, and there's a little bit of downtime. But in between that, holy cow, I was just playing it on normal. And on... Uh, okay, so there's, there's lesser demons and there's greater demons, because in the game you're okay. fighting demons. And I mean, and then there's other things, but we'll talk about those in a little while. Um, lesser demons, some of them have shields, a lot of them can spit stuff at you, and a lot of them are just little ground things that run at you and with claws and kind of go nuts. Um, greater demons, there are three. There's a general, basically, um, and he's, I don't know if he's, he's not really the scariest, um, but he's still stupid in what he, uh, he has two abilities. Um, Two arms. First arm shoots out a grappling beam that if it hits you, it pulls. You can't do anything for a couple seconds. And then it pulls you into him, and then he he can hit you basically within whatever range. 
That's right. You have to dash away really quick. What a meanie. Um, I know, right? And then uh, his other arm shoots out a wave of fireballs. <laughs> um, there's another guy, and uh, in many ways, he was probably the scariest. Um, what he did is he could shoot out magic with one hand, magic bolts that did damage. And then with the other hand, he could resurrect enemies that had fallen. Oh, that And summon like more enemies. Um, so it just gets absolutely bad poop insane when you're trying to focus on him and then you get almost um, wiped off the map by the smaller enemies. And then there are um, these big chargey things where the weak points for them are on their backs and you have to dodge out of their way and then have them hit a wall so that they're stunned just a little bit and you have the chance to hit them. Actually, yeah, that, that happens a lot in uh, Batman Arkham Asylum. Yeah. That was basically the, the way that you took down the big brute guys. Yep. But so this was absolutely ridiculous in that the, so the final bat or not the final final battle but the final I guess I'll call it non-serious battle which in really was reality was a serious battle you it's a three stage your first stage has you fighting against two of the charge you guys at once okay they're really difficult second stage has like 10 of the shield guys pop up which mind you um uh, there's ones with small shields and one with ones with tower shields. The tower shields shoot mortars at you. The what? one with the small shields rush you. And then the third stage had two of those general guys, two of the resurrection guys, and one of the charging guys, plus a horde of other minions. This is insane. They're oh my god. I I don't think I've come across a more difficult part of the game. I was so thankful for my regen. And as I said, you have to be able to dodge in that game. Otherwise, mm. you get screwed over so fast. That's very similar to Serious Sam. That that game is all about strafing and dodging and not using cover, but still avoiding fire. Yeah. Um, and just, oh god, that was difficult. But so rewarding at the end. And I mean, the game does keep up its... It's a bit of insanity. Like one of the weapons that you can get, uh, and you have to use one of your skills to be able to get this, is with those general guys. What you can do is you can actually take their head and use it as a weapon, and it will fire laser beams out of the eyes. <laughs> it is fantastic. So my usual strategy was use the head that I had to kill one of these guys right away. Um, go up quickly, kill him, grab his head, then kill the next one, and just kind of chain them. Yeah whenever they gave me multiples, but... So the the gameplay was just nuts. Very much so serious, Sam, like, I guess, in that way, where the gore and the, the nuts part is there. And then... The gore and the nuts, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, not really so much nuts, but boobs, <laughs> in some ways. Um, the most obnoxious enemy that I had, there were these... These almost witches, I guess I would call them. Think the witches from... Or the witch from uh, Left 4 Dead. Oh boy! In some ways, but with the ability to teleport and wielding two katanas. That's terrifying. Yeah, especially when they send like six of them at you. Uh. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> so, <laughs> the game action-wise is nuts and has has it. I wish there could have been more giant boss battles. There were only three in the entire game, mm. but they were still all a lot of fun. Um, and I mean. I almost did get overwhelmed by those hordes on mm-hmm. several occasions. Yeah, but being like right on that edge, but still pulling through, is like the most satisfying feeling ever. Yeah, and I mean, 
I, I unfortunately didn't necessarily get to use it that often because I could usually run away and regenerate well enough. They had this ability um, that's called Soul Eater that you can unlock with your Karma Points where when you go down, you're given a few seconds, or you're given a damage boost, and you're given a few seconds to kill something. And if you kill it, you, get, you regenerate 50% of your health, and you're back up. Sounds like so, uh, the second, second one from Borderlands, yeah. Yep. But it has a one-minute regen. Oh, wow. Okay. So you have to be very careful. Um, yeah, a minute would be forever in that game, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. With that many enemies coming at you? Yeah. Heck, yeah. Um... Like, there were points and times where I just, like, I can't move. There's too many guys around me. <laughs> um, so what I would do is I would sort of, as best I could, dash out of them. And if I couldn't completely dash, then I would... Uh, you have an ability that lets you just swing your sword around you and basically decapitate everything that's within a certain radius of you. Mm-hmm. Unless they have a shield. Um, like the chainsaw in Left 4 Dead. Mm-hmm. Just start that thing up and spin in circles. Yep, yep, yep. Uh... So it gets to go like that, um, or it gets going like that, uh, action-wise. Now, story-wise, this was probably the most surprising thing about it, is it actually had a really good story that oh, sucked really? me in. Wow. Um, so I, it was, starts, I was not expecting that at all. No, neither was I. That's why it was such a really nice surprise. Um, so you start out with this guy, or well, playing, as I said, this guy named Lo Wang, um, and you are sent to this one guy, or to this other guy, um, by your boss, in order to get his sword. And you are given $2 million to either purchase it with, or you have to take it by force. Your choice. Well, his choice. Okay. So obviously, you have to take it by force, and so you chase after him until um, you find out that there's a demon. Or until, actually, he suspends you in the air with some powers. Mm-hmm. some of those Kai powers that was granted by, by this demon-looking thing, and then the demon comes to you. Eventually, um, sorry, no, you get you get locked up as a prisoner, um, and then his his house gets attacked by this horde of demons. Um, and so you, you are able to escape, and um, and you eventually find the, um, the guy, the original owner of the sword, dead, and the demon comes over and chooses you to go and help carry out the task. Um, so you're working for the demon, sort of? But you're trying working to working with the demon. Oh, boy. He tags along with you. He was banished oh. from his realm. Okay. From there, I'm not going to say anything else, but I will... Uh, well, actually, uh, just a little bit more. Not much, but... So, at the beginning of the game, Lo Wang is just this asshole. Um, completely self-centered. Money is his biggest thing. And it's just... Ugh. Um, at the end of the game, he's made a complete 180. He and this demon have become very good friends. He's he's become a man worthy of honor. He's and you get to sit there and go through as they do all this and all the story as to what's happened to this demon and why why what's happening is happening. Um, you get that piece by piece, puzzle piece by puzzle piece, and it's twists here and there, and it's just. The end, I, I, I don't know how I feel about the end. It was, I'm sad. Actually, yeah, for the most part, I'm just sad. Though there were some confusing things on it, so that's why I need you to get the game and finish mm. it so that we can talk about it. Okay. But all in all, um, the gameplay was wonderful, lots of humor, um, lots of good humor, lots of big guns, <laughs> and a fun way to make them better and sort of 
in some ways, you, no, you didn't really get to choose your playstyle. It was all just brute force your way through everything. But yeah, but you did have different abilities, you know, different ways of doing that. So yes, very much so. And if you wanted to do well, you were forced to use those. Yeah. Um. So it's just, it was, in all honesty, an absolutely fantastic game. So, uh, reasonable price point. Let's see, how much is it going I'm, for right now? I think it's 40 right now. I would marry here. Yeah, it's 40 right now. Yeah. That's very easily a fair price for it. Let me see, how long did I spend playing it? Over 20 hours. Uh, 22 hours, and five or six of that I was away at stuff, so it gave me 16 to 17 hours worth of gameplay. Nice. Good storyline that stuck me or that sucked me in. A lot of really funny humor, a lot of, lot of interesting backstory, and a lot of fun magic and different fun gameplay styles. So, all in all, I'm I'm a huge fan of it. Nice. Yeah, I'll be sure to pick that up. Oh, I'm watching the the trailer, and uh, I think I just saw him use the decapitate everybody at once thing. In a circle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll definitely definitely pick that up. All right, so let's see. What have we got coming up next week? Um, I don't think that there are any major games, at least none that I know of, that are uh, that are coming out this next week. Um, and I'm not sure what uh, you know what games I'll be able to play by next week. I. I I thought I was going to have played enough of um, Assassin's Creed 4 to review it this weekend, but that obviously didn't happen, and this is the last week of classes, so we'll see what I do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there'll be plenty of news for us to talk about, though. <laughs> oh, that's what that was. So I was watching one of the things on the, um, the Easter egg as to where the classic level was. Mm. Okay, yeah. Um, so this has been 8-Bit. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Ian Buck. And I'm Ian Decker. Signing off. Tagged in it, man. You are now. Oh, well, uh, wait. I guess I just redundantly did that. Well, you mean as the photo itself? I didn't do that. Can oh, you, why can, didn't you? Can you do that on mobile? I don't know how. Oh, uh, sometimes, yeah, if it detects the. It didn't a face, detect it for me. Weird. Eh. I only know how to do that on a desktop, and I have too many around me right now to use one. <laughs> oh, no, you. You pro podcasting people seem to think that, you know, reverse logic is a substitute for logic logic. But it isn't? Not. No, not so much. I think you're wrong. Not in real life. Would, have Which you listened to any to of these shows? Sometimes. None of them represent the quality of real life that anybody should be working towards. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. And I have that on recording, too. Yeah, let's see. What's uh, What on earth did we say that was funny there? We said something that was really iconic. Um, wow. Crap. I don't know. Some, something about reverse logic. Don't worry about it.